0: Today we're looking at pandemic faith. Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people of days of old earned a good reputation. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely Seek him. As we looked ahead to 2021, the staff and I felt like we were being led to Hebrews 11:6 as our theme verse for the year. Each month, on our first Sunday of the month, we will focus on faith and our vision statement. Know God, become like Jesus, change our world. Today, we look at pandemic faith. This year, we've heard a lot about pandemic. But do we even know what the word means? The origin is from two Greek words, pan, meaning all, and demos, meaning people. So pandemic means all people. The word does not exclusively refer to a deadly virus, as we commonly think, but defines many other things. Do you know that the Bible speaks of several pandemics? In Genesis 6, we read of earth's first pandemic. We read these words in verses 9 to 13. Noah was a righteous man blameless among the people in his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said, To Noah, I am going to put an end to all people. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. The first pandemic to hit earth was sin. And it was such a serious pandemic that it caused God to reset on earth. After Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible teaches that sin passed down to their children. So sin is in our DNA, our makeup. It's interesting that we don't need to teach children how to sin. Children aren't born innocent or sinless. No one needs to teach a child how to lie or be selfish with their tools. Toys. They do it instinctively. So, how did Jesus escape this curse? He was born of a virgin. Sin did not pass down through his earthly father to him because he wasn't born of a man. God was his father. The virgin birth is not just a cute miracle or a fancy part of the story, it is vital. To who Jesus was and was to become. God required a perfect, spotless, sinless sacrifice. And Jesus met that requirement because he had his father's nature. Hebrews 4.15 describes Jesus this way. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. In Matthew sixteen twenty-seven, we read about a second pandemic. For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. Judgment is coming for us all. And if we think COVID-19 is bad, we haven't seen anything yet. Matthew 24, 30 tells us that when Jesus comes the second time, quote, there will be deep mourning among all the people of the earth. You see, sin has saturated our world and separated us from God. One day we will face judgment. But God gave us a remedy for our sin, the sin that ails us. I know Christmas is behind us, so we tend to box up the verses that are Christmassy till next year. But the angels in Luke 2.10 announced an important truth. They said, quote, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Finally, the Bible pro- proclaimed a good pandemic. What is this good news for all people? God sent a perfect sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sin. We don't need to fear the coming judgment if we accept God's remedy for our sin. We don't need To fear because perfect love casts out all fear. Speaking of Jesus, Simeon said in Luke chapter 2 and verse 31 I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. Jesus came to bridge the sin gap that separates us from God. This speaks of a desired pandemic by God. One where all the people hear God's plan of salvation and respond to it. This leads us to our primary point today. All true believers are to have a pandemic faith. Not only is it impossible to please God without faith, it's impossible to be a follower of Jesus and not point others to God's good news. Do you have a contagious faith? Are you spreading the gospel like a virus? The only hope of our world and a church's future is for us to share God's plan of salvation. So how do we do this? Well, available starting Tuesday, January 12th, we will have a three-week basic course entitled Steps of Faith on how to share God's Word with your friends and neighbors. It will be online only and be pre-recorded so you can watch it at your convenience from the church website. But this morning, I want to share three basic ingredients we need to have a pandemic faith. First of all, live by the Spirit. This is so absolutely vital. It means listening closely to his still, small voice. God only whispers to us, and we must listen carefully. When God tells us to share our faith, we must do it. And when he whispers to keep quiet we need to obey. This brings to thought a situation that took place when I was maybe 16 years old. I remember it clearly, though it happened many, many years ago. I was sitting in a high school gym, preparing for my wrestling match in, say, an hour. When I was asked if I would help keep time, on the timers table for the matches before ours. And I agreed and was sitting at the timer table when the the scorer beside of me was working his part and God's spirit clearly spoke to me, I want you to share your faith to Leonard. And I can remember arguing with that still small voice, not clearly recognizing that it was God, and just saying, this is, this is not the right time, maybe later, and just saying no. A couple minutes later, that still small voice spoke to me again. Share with Leonard. And the second time, I didn't debate it as long in my mind. I just dismissed it and said no. But I had this feeling that there would be a third time where God would ask me, and sure enough, just a few moments later, God's Spirit said, share with Leonard. And again, I said no. I wrestled my match, went home. Early the next morning, I arrived at school and right away thought, something's different. As I walked down the hallways, the hallways were quiet, even though there were students around, and I wondered what was up. I arrived at my locker, and while I was there, one of my uh, close locker mates came up and said, uh, hello to me, and, and I, I said, something's weird at school today, what happened? He said, you didn't hear? And I said, no. He said, well, following the wrestling match last night, two guys got in their car and pulled out on the highway and were struck by an 18-wheeler and both died instantly. I asked him who it was And sure enough, one of them was Leonard. Right away, I was convicted. I wept. I knew that I had failed God. And I vowed at that time that never again would God ask me to share with someone, and I would refuse. We need to be obedient to God's voice when he speaks to us. Secondly... We need to live different from the world. Many Christians today are encouraged to snuggle up to the world, not speaking out against sin or obeying 2 Corinthians six fifteen to seventeen. But God calls us to live in the world, but not of it. What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? Second Corinthians says, how can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of God, of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. If Christians look, walk, and talk like the world, what appeal is there for the world to be like us? I'm not promoting a legalistic lifestyle today, whereby we live by a set of man-made rules. That's not what I'm talking about. But we must not cuddle up to sin. Somehow we've adopted the principle that to reach the world, we must be like the world. This is one of Satan's lies and the opposite of God's teaching. If we're going to be salt and light to our world, we must not trample the salt, and hide in the darkness. No, God calls us to let our light shine. Finally, we are to live out in the marketplace and look for opportunities. When I first became a pastor, I saw a temptation to stay in the church office and isolate from the world. But I knew this wasn't biblical teaching. So as a youth pastor, I went into the high school, and the best way I knew how to, I volunteered. I volunteered to be an assistant coach of football. For 16 years, I volunteered as a football coach. And I could share story after story about the opportunities God gave me to share my faith. I had the opportunity to share the gospel on the 50 yard line the night after one of our players dropped dead in practice. It was heart rendering, it was difficult, I was extremely nervous, but God called me to preach the gospel, and I did. Shortly after that, the principal invited me to come in once a week as a spiritual guidance counselor for any student who wanted to seek spiritual guidance. So week after week, I would go in, they would announce it, and I had wonderful opportunities. Another year, I was in, invited to speak at the All Teachers Professional Development Day as their keynote speaker. I remember how terrified I was. What would I say to these teachers? And yet God spoke through me. And I remember when I was finished, totally unexpecting it, the teachers all rose from their seats and gave me a standing ovation. Later, I was talking to the principal, and he said, Lenny, we've never had the teachers react to that, to a a speaker. I was shocked. Just little, old, ordinary me. Most importantly, on several occasions, our church hosted the entire team and coaches to several of our Sunday morning services. Over the years, several players became Christians and are still following Christ today. Now, I'm not sharing these opportunities to brag on myself. Because if I did, I would be presenting a false truth that I was something. But God can take any of us and use us. So really, I'm bragging on God Today, If you're available, God wants to use you. Do you have a pandemic faith? Is your faith contagious? God calls us to. A couple that you are familiar with and volunteered to share a testimony today about how knowing God has related to their faith... Walk in the last year, and we're going to hear from them now.
1: Well, I'm here alone uh, representing our family today because we're here live, and uh, because of the restrictions, Jenna wasn't able to join me today. So, I'm just going to share on behalf of the Holly family a bit of a testimony about how knowing God has related to our faith walk. In this past year and on our faith uh, Sunday throughout the year we want to have testimonies that uh, that tie our, our vision of knowing God become like Jesus change our world uh, into this theme of faith for the year and so we're gonna do that today you know as I look back on 2020 I, I think it's really incredible that this was the year that God gave the vision to our church uh, to go through the Bible on a chronological reading plan I think God knew that we needed uh, to be in his word like never before and not just our church but there's a number of churches uh, even around the area that I know uh, took part in a similar plan or the same plan and I think wow what is what better way is there for God's people to be equipped to tackle the events of this past year than to uh, be reading God's word uh, and be in it daily uh, reading from cover to cover reading God's Word has always been a part of our routine, but certainly not as structured and as much as it has been this past year as we walked through this to, with our church. So did you did you do this as well? Um, did you finish this week? If you did, uh, give yourself a big pat on the back. Way to go. There were times where uh, we were behind. There were books that made us uh, kind of want to give up and stop Uh, but i'm glad that we stuck with it and i think i still have uh, one or two days to finish it but i will be doing that uh, probably today on on top of the covid 19 stresses uh, we all have been working through here at the church uh, we've had some added stresses we had our building project uh, we had our lead pastor's illness and all of the changes that uh, through the year uh, were around those things on a personal front we had some Uh, very challenging family situations that we've had to navigate, as well as our own health issues. The same week last March that uh, things started to close up, uh, Jenna was in extreme pain, and we ended up taking her to the hospital, and she was found that she had an ectopic pregnancy and was rushed into surgery. But you know, in the middle of each situation, we stop, we take a deep breath, and we know that God is with us, and He is good. And Looking back over the past year We see the fingerprints of God in our lives all around I've often said to Jenna. I don't know how people that don't have faith get through their days Without knowing the God of the universe My uncle Dennis is a pastor out in Edmonton and and they're doing a series on faith right now as well I was scrolling Facebook last night, and I read a quote from their series he says what you believe about who God is will determine what you'll believe about what God does. What you believe about who God is will determine what you'll believe about what God does. And this plays into how you live your everyday life of faith, how you answer questions about what's going on in the world. And it's important that we know God, the one who, when all things uh, seem to be out of control, holds all the power, And is working things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose the one who knows all and even when we have a ton of unknowns and uncertainties we can trust that he knows it all he sees the big picture of past present and future he has been he is and he always will be he's the one who is right there with us through the ups and downs of life We don't need to feel alone, because He's always near, and He promises us in James chapter 4 that those who draw near to God, He will draw near to you. So even though we have gone through one of the most isolated years, and we have missed a lot of times together that we normally would have had, we aren't alone. As we get to know God and His character and His heart, we hopefully learn more about ourselves and gain new perspectives. I would like to think that we are learning to be grateful for a lot of the things that maybe we have taken for granted before. Times together with family, fellowship with other Christians, freedom to worship surrounded by others singing at the top of our lungs, unrestricted access to life's necessities. We want to have a faith that is contagious. We want to live our lives in a way that points to Jesus in the way we respond to difficult situations, in the way we give to others in need, in our conversations to those around us. We have a hope. We have a peace. We have a love. We have a joy in the Lord. And it's only because we know God.